This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So if you have a bunch of followers and a bunch of likes and you're getting no comments, no comments, that's weird. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. Before we hop into things, I just wanted to give you guys a big thank you to everyone who wished me a happy birthday a couple days ago. Uh, yeah, it means a lot to me. I'm like not a huge holiday person, but birthdays are my jam. I do love birthdays. I love spoiling my friends and my loved ones on birthdays. And I like to take my own birthday as just a time to kind of reflect on the past year and, you know think about all the things that I've learned and all that good stuff. So yeah, thank you guys. All right. So today's episode is going to be about social media tactics and just want to talk about some ways to grow your profiles by way of some tactics that actually don't work. So the idea for this episode really came from a couple days ago. I I posted this on my Instagram story. I used one of the question stickers and just looked and got nothing but spam. And so I posted on my story. I was like, do you guys get this? Is this just like, you know, a regular occurrence? And everyone was like, oh my gosh, story spam is the worst. So because of that, story spam gets the number one honor on this list of social media tactics that just don't work. Let me explain what it is and why it's not what you should be doing. Like I said, I think the most common thing to do now is people will, I I don't know how they're finding us. Like I guess maybe they're searching particular hashtags or it could be automated. I honestly don't know, but they go in and they just reply to questions and typically it has nothing to do with the question that you asked. So to be like, you know, I think I was asking for maybe video suggestions or asking uh, for for Q and A questions, I get this one a lot when I do my social media manager Q and A videos, which I'll get like a question like I was getting, "Who's your favorite actress?" <laughs> and I was like, I, at first I was like, maybe they're just asking, you know, maybe this is a listener of the show or a viewer of the YouTube channel who wants to know. But I looked at their profile; they weren't following me. They like had nothing to do with me, so I'm pretty sure that was it. Or sometimes they'll be really almost inappropriate. You know, I might be asking for, do you guys have resources for places that I could donate? Or do you guys know if this is a symptom of this illness or something? And they'll respond like, oh my gosh, you look so cute, girl. Cool profile. And yes, it's very annoying. Before the question sticker spam started, I was getting a lot of just story views that were very spammy. I remember one time I actually you know, I don't, I don't like actively monitor who's looking at my stories at all times, but one day I, I maybe posted something, um, that I, that I did care about monitoring. And I saw a really big influencer in the space actually looked at my story. I mean, I'm talking huge, like one of the top podcasts in the business and entrepreneurship category. And I was like, oh my gosh, this person like looked at my profile and 
I, I realized a few weeks later that I was just getting a ton of story view spam. So these companies, I'm guessing, or again, automation tools, I don't know how it's working. They're going in for these influencers or these profiles and they're just viewing a bunch of stories to get more eyes on their profile, but they never actually follow the people. Again, they're usually pretty irrelevant and it's it's not even the real person viewing your story. Like it's not that real influencer viewing your story. It's some company or some automation tool. So why do these tactics not work? And let's be honest, like let's talk about what does work about that as well. So I'll start with the the good, I guess. I mean, it does get people to look at your profile, at least for the story views, like I said, especially if it's an influencer or somebody who has like a verified mark, I'm going to look because I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, who's this verified person looking at my stuff? But that's about where the benefits end because as soon as I realize they're not following me, as soon as I realize it seems like it was kind of spammy, I actually look more negatively upon that person. While I may have had a good impression of this profile before, now I realize oh cool you're like one of the number one podcasts in the entrepreneurship category because you are buying story views and if you're buying story views what else are you buying are you buying listens are you buying your guests like what is it it also is just very annoying especially for the questions one I use my Instagram as market research all the time. I love talking to you guys on there. And if I'm going to launch a new course or if I'm working on my editorial calendar and want your want to know what you want to hear and what you want to see as far as videos, I want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to randoms. And it if they are throwing in random questions or random suggestions, it's kind of muddying the waters, right? Like I want to know what people have to say who are actually going to watch that content, consume that content. So it's not a good look. So something that you can do instead of spamming stories is just actually consuming stories, not just consuming though, because I think that's something that we all do. I know I am very guilty of like watching a lot of stories and I don't reply to a lot just because I'm usually doing it kind of mindlessly or, you know, while I'm sort of doing something else and replying to stories and, you know, engaging with stories can be a great way to grow your profile when it's done organically and authentically. And so, yeah, definitely pay attention to, you know, a target list of people. If there are particular influencers or just particular people that you're connected with, even just watching and and engaging with your friends' stories will help that algorithm know that you're an active user. And when you guys are replying back and forth and having a conversation, it will tell the algorithm that they want to see your content and that kind of thing. So you can do it in a more authentic way, but I definitely don't recommend using any, you know, working with anyone who says that's something they're going to do is I'm going to get you 500 story views, story profile views or whatever. Like that's so shady and definitely don't use bots and stuff because those are definitely against terms and conditions. So another tactic that I've been experiencing lately and I've been on the receiving end of has been excessive tagging. So I actually unfortunately had to block somebody recently, which I really, really try not to do. I mean, I I block people all the time, but they're like creepy people or like fake profiles, but I don't like to block real people, especially people who, you know, maybe listen to the show or watch the channel or something. I, I try really hard not to do that, but it was getting out of control. So excessive tagging is when you post a picture and you tag a bunch of people in it. Usually they have nothing to do with the picture. And the goal here is to, again, get them to go back to your photo, get them to like it, but also because it shows up on that person's 
uh, feed. You know, it shows up if you go to my profile, you click on you click on my tagged photos, you'll be able to see who tagged me in that photo. And, you know, especially for someone like me, who's like a quote unquote, I hate the term influencer, to be honest, but like a quote unquote micro influencer, somebody who, you know, I'm, I'm not Oprah, I'm not Amy Porterfield, like I don't have a million people tagging me every day. It can give you a prominent space in that tagged photos because, you know, if you tag me in something today, you're probably going to show up as the first tag on my profile, at least for a few weeks until somebody else does. I don't get tagged that often. So it can get you more eyes on your profile in theory. What doesn't work about it though, is it annoys the person. It's kind of rude. So especially if you are tagging somebody and you're tagging them and a bunch of their competitors, if you will, it's not like you're even bringing me a benefit of getting new eyes to my profile because now I'm competing on your picture with 10 other thought leaders or influencers or creators in the space and it makes it this weird competitive thing. I hate it when people compare me to anyone and I think most every creator feels that way. I don't want to be lumped into a group with other entrepreneurial YouTubers or whatever. So please don't tag me in photos with them when, when it's without reason. I love it when it's about community and it's like, these are the people that I love to follow. These are things that I've learned from, um, you know, from YouTube this week. Totally. I'm all about that. But don't just like lump me into a random group that you're just trying to get it's just just trying to get eyes on it's very very strange so the way that you can do this correctly I was actually recently tagged in something that I thought was so so well done and it was not spammy at all and I know that that was not her intention shout out to I do wedding marketing her name is Nina and I've worked with her before in my mentorship program and she is just a great person to follow in general so shout out to you but I did a a LinkedIn video recently on my YouTube channel and she took away a quote that really resonated with her and really helped her out. And she made a little quote graphic and, you know, she, she tagged me in it and I loved it. And of course I shared it. So that hopefully got her more reach and let the Instagram algorithm know that that was a good post. Uh, but it wasn't done in a spammy way. I was the only person she tagged in that. It wasn't like I'm going to tag her and, you know, 50 other people to just try to get everybody to pay attention to it. And it was actually relevant. It was actually a quote that I said in my video. It wasn't like, you know, I like the color blue, tag the Latasha James. Like it, it really is so random how some people do it. So that is absolutely a perfect example of what to do, not what not to do. Okay. Um, I'll kind of lump these ones in together. So auto DMs, auto comments, auto, 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 usually auto comments or more common on Instagram and auto DMs. They definitely like a few years ago were such a thing on Twitter. I think that people are maybe starting to get the message that they're not working. So hopefully that is not so much of a thing anymore, but it definitely was a while ago. So again, similar to the story spam thing, A lot of times they're just very inappropriate. I'll see auto comments. I mean, I've seen like people mourning the loss of their grandpa or their dad or whoever and comments being like, hard eyes, like love this great profile. And it's like, no, there is definitely some nuance in commenting. And that is why I am huge about organic social media, not using bots, not using automation tools, all of that, because you still need that human element. We're not at the stage where everything can be automated yet. You still need a real human connection and emotion and, and, and nuance for certain things. In addition to that, 
pretty sure all of these things are against the terms and conditions as well. So I am a big rule follower when it comes to social media. I have seen really bad things happen to people using tools that are not technically following Instagram's terms and conditions or any social media profiles, platforms, uh, terms and conditions. You can get your accounts deactivated. And yeah, maybe I'm like too much of a rule follower, but I just do not recommend doing those things. So that's kind of all the bad. Obviously, the good is that it, yes, comments can really, really work well. DMs can really, really work well. So they can bring visibility to your to your page. But you already know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that you should be doing that organically. You should be doing that authentically. You should be doing that because you really want to. And this is something that I've noticed actually. Some of the bigger profiles that follow my Instagram, almost all of them I noticed sent me a DM when they followed me. And I don't know if that's just coincidence. I don't know if that really has something to do with it, but I kind of have a theory that it does. And I and I don't even know if it's their strategy. I think maybe it just is kind of which come came first, the chicken or the egg kind of thing. So some of these bigger accounts, they would DM me and say, hey, I saw you on YouTube. Like I'm a freelancer too, or I'm looking to start freelancing. I'm a YouTube creator, whatever it is, your, your content really helped me. And I reply. And if I go back to their profile, reply back to them, that's letting Instagram know that we want to see each other's content. We want to have a relationship and it kind of kicks things off. And it also just increases your likelihood of getting followed back. So I don't say this to be like rude or snobby or anything like that, but I rarely follow people back nowadays because of all the spam. Usually when I follow people back, they instantly unfollow me as soon as they get their follow. And it's just like, I just don't have time for that. I want to make internet friends. Like I love making internet friends. I don't really have any real life friends. So I love having internet friends. Um, So it's not that I don't want to meet people, but if you just follow me and until I start to like recognize your username and see that you kind of are commenting on things and and you actually are here for the right reasons, I usually don't follow people back. So sending a DM initiates that relationship and kind of establishes, hey, I'm a real person. I'm here for real reasons. I actually pay attention to what you do. I'm not just trying to get a follow out of you. So I definitely recommend sending those kind of intro DMs uh, when you follow somebody or even when somebody follows you if you want to do it that way. Um, But it needs to be natural. It needs to be real and can't be automated. That is just not a good look. Speaking of follow to unfollow, let's talk about that one. I get asked all the time for podcast recommendations. And honestly, I don't listen to a ton that are business focused anymore. I mostly listen to fun podcasts, but one that I I used to love, I haven't kept up with too much, but is social media lab. They do some really good data driven experiments basically about social media algorithms and all this stuff. And I'm pretty sure they did one on follow to unfollow. If they did and I can find it, I will link it in the show notes. If I'm remembering correctly, I'm pretty sure they said that it worked technically, but this comes with a big but, okay? So basically, let me tell you what it is if you don't know, if you're one of the lucky ones who don't know. So follow to unfollow is essentially people will come up with a list of, again, I don't know if it goes off hashtags or locations or whatever. They'll come up with a list of criteria of people that they want to follow. Let's say that they follow the hashtag Freelance Friday podcast uh, hashtag and they, they follow everyone who has posted under that hashtag, which is really just me. So maybe that's a bad example, but anyway, and then they give it a couple days. They see who followed them back. And then if they, if, you know, if the person didn't follow them back, then they unfollow them. So 
Yes. I, I will be honest with you and say that like, I, I do see how that can work. And I think it does work to some extent, but what I'll say is it's a very slow process. And again, it's just kind of, you know, follow people that you really want to follow. I, of course, I love it when people that I enjoy following, follow me back. Like, of course, but I can be totally honest and say, I don't follow anybody with the expectation that they're going to follow me back or even necessarily the desire to get a follow back. And I think that's really important because you should be curating a feed that truly inspires you. And that truly is interesting to you because that that's what these platforms are all about. And it's going to enhance your experience. It's not just going to be all this game. You know what I mean? But with that said, I do understand that, you know, people want to grow their followers and that's totally okay and totally valid. But again, if you're going to do something like that, instead of just waiting for people to follow you back and kind of being lazy about it, maybe put in the extra effort to send people a DM that you follow and a non spammy DM. Hey, I really like your page a lot. This is why I followed you. And that might in enhance your chances of getting a follow back. Now with that said, don't unfollow them if they don't follow you back. Like that that is just so spammy and such a not a good look, especially if you're doing it from a business account. Now the other thing that I'll say is that it's just really time consuming. Sure, it might get you a little bit of followers, but I would rather put that time that I'm using to manually go through. I mean maybe there are apps for it. I don't know, but the, the way that I would know of to do it is to manually be going through and um, checking to see who followed me back, unfollowing them. It's just a lot of time. I would rather use that time to build an ad campaign or to, I don't know, work on creating good content or do hashtag research or post stories and live streams, doing things that are actually going to grow your following in an authentic way and that are going to get people to your profile because they want to be there and because they understand the value that you're delivering. So I would much rather spend my time and energy and effort doing those things than checking to see who's following me back and and making it this like tit for tat kind of thing. Next one is buying followers, buying likes, uh, buying things. So just like I talked about follow to unfollow, here's the thing about that as well is followers in themselves are not currency. Followers in themselves do not really mean anything. Sure, it increases your chances of having people seeing your stuff, but it does not guarantee you purchases. It does not guarantee you anything really. And so that is what I'll tell you for buying followers as well. Like that's a vanity metric. Likes, those are vanity metrics. Sure, they're nice to have. Of course, it looks good to have more followers on your page, but I would much rather have 500 super engaged people who are actually interested in what what I have to say than 5,000 who just ignore me and mute my posts and don't care about me and only followed me because they felt obligated to. So again, these two things are very against terms and conditions. So beware for that reason alone, but let's break this down a little bit. So buying followers alone is really bad. If you are looking to be an influencer, if you are even just, you know, a business yourself, I'll tell you what followers are not as important as they were back in the day. I've worked on the brand side of influencer marketing and 
most brands nowadays aren't so much looking at just total follower number anymore. I mean, when you start to get into like the celebrity level status of influencer, meaning you have millions of followers, then yeah, of course, I think that follower count is impressive. But when you're a small influencer, a small creator, they're looking more at your engagement rate. So just like I said, they would rather see you have a 35% engagement rate. You know, everybody on your on your follower list, following list essentially, is engaging with your content than having crickets, having a bunch of people and just having nobody like your stuff. And it's very weird. And I've seen this so many times where you'll see somebody who has 20,000 followers and you're like, oh, wow, cool. You go to their profile their pictures and there are like 20 likes on every picture, no comments, huge red flag. And there are situations where this can happen naturally without buying followers. Like for example, my YouTube channel, the engagement rate is pretty low on it. I I have, you know, 20, uh, 25,000 followers or something on there. And I do not get that many views. I'm, you know, I'm lucky if I get a thousand views on a video and I can explain that uh, because my YouTube channel is kind of old. So I've built up those followers over a period of time where I think some people have kind of fallen off. Some people aren't active on the platform anymore, but that is pretty rare. I'll be honest, typically, and and, and even that engagement rate, that's not so dramatic. It's not like I'm getting 10 views per, per video. If I was getting 10 views per video, I would definitely be concerned if I was a brand uh, that I had bought followers. I haven't for the record, <laughs> but I, you know, that's definitely something that people look out for. So yes, we see this on Instagram all the time, unfortunately. And so because of that, something that a lot of people do is they'll buy likes as well. So to go along with those followers, they'll buy fake likes as well. So basically their entire profile is fake. They're just buying everything. But here's the problem with that. Like I said, number one, obviously likes are a vanity metric. Likes, I would argue, are even more of a vanity metric than followers. They like really don't mean anything. Uh, And secondly, even still, that's not the only kind of engagement that we can measure. So if you have a bunch of followers and a bunch of likes and you're getting no comments, no comments, that's weird. Even like my worst pictures on Instagram, I'll get like one or two comments, you know, even like I said, my videos that don't get a ton of views, people are commenting. There are real people behind those profiles too. You can click on them. You can see who they follow, see what kinds of things they're into. They usually have their social profiles linked. Like they're real people. You can tell when that stuff is automated, you can click on who liked the picture and see if they're real or if they look fake. And let me tell you, buying likes is not like, oh yeah, I'm increasing my exposure. I'm getting at least, you know, people are looking at my profile and they're seeing it. No, just Google like farms, just Google it. Uh, Buying likes is actually just getting thrown into a room full of thousands of cell phones, thousands of devices, and people just clicking like without looking or paying any attention to what you're doing. So it's not benefiting you at all. Uh, Next one is spamming Facebook groups. So we talked a lot about Instagram. Let's talk about Facebook groups. Facebook groups can be an amazing way to grow your business, grow your following, connect with people. I really enjoy Facebook groups. I'm in a ton of them, but I'll keep this one pretty simple. Just 
pay attention to the rules. When you join a group, most groups have a set of rules and just look and see, is there a specific day of the week that you can share? Is there a specific kind of content that you're allowed to or not allowed to share? It's totally up to the group owner to decide that. And you can't get upset about that. Facebook groups are most, most of them are free. You know, you're not making money off of them. And they are kind of a lot of work to manage and moderate and all that stuff. So I am pretty open about mine. I have a Facebook group called the Freelance Friday Podcast Community. If anyone wants to join, it's free to join, like I said. And I'm pretty flexible. I don't have like a certain day where people are allowed to share. But I do ask that if you're going to share your link to your webinar or your video, that you're participating in the group. Because... I don't want link droppers and I delete link droppers. And I I actually think I may have to get a little bit stricter with it because we, I'm still getting that. I'm still seeing people come in, drop their link and leave. And it is frustrating. It's frustrating to me, uh, you know, selfishly as the person who puts time and energy into it, but more importantly than my little feelings, it's not fair to the other group members. There's almost 800 people in my group. And if somebody asks a question and I'm not available and they get no responses, but you can quickly share your link to your stuff, it's just not fair. That's not what a group is about. These groups are supposed to be about community and helping each other out. And I feel like so often that's not the case. So what can you do instead? Like I said, check the rules. That's the first and foremost thing that you should be doing when you join these Facebook groups. And again, I think you should be joining groups that you're actually interested in. So my favorite groups, I don't, I actually don't post in a lot of my favorite groups very often. Like I don't post my own, you know, uh, links or my own questions or anything. I kind of am more of just like a, 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 an observer. I I look at the conversations going on. When somebody asks a question that I do have an area of expertise where I can help, I respond to it. And then I want to be there. I'm not just there with the idea of getting self promo. And the last one is a little bit, a little bit salty as well. It's copying content. Make no mistake about it. We all copy to some extent. Content creation is recycling content, borrowing from others, getting inspired by people. I would be a liar if I didn't say that, but there's a right and wrong way to do it. And one of my favorite books ever, it's called Steal Like an Artist. I recommend everybody check it out. It's essentially about this. It's about the creative process and how we're all kind of just like borrowing ideas from each other and getting inspiration from one another. And it's really interesting, but here's my personal rule for copying content or borrowing ideas or getting inspired. If I get inspired by one person one photo, one video, one podcast, and then I go ahead and I make my content, probably, not always, not always, but probably that means that I'm copying. If I get inspired by one style of photo and I save 20 different photos from 20 different creators to a folder on Instagram or a Pinterest board, and then I say, hey, let's go out and shoot some photos that kind of have this aesthetic, that have this look and feel, that's not copying, that's inspiration. You know, if I save 20 website homepage examples and send them to a designer, that is inspiration. If I find one and say, can you make my website look exactly like this or as close to it as you can, that's copying. And yeah, I think the same is true, like I said, for any type of content. And I think it's just really unfortunate. And as a small creator, I can definitely resonate with this. I've seen smaller creators start 
you know, content trends, if you will, or, or do really unique creative ideas. And then somebody comes along with a few more followers in them and they do it and they don't give any credit. They don't give any, you know, anything. And it's seen as their idea because they have the most followers. And it's really unfortunate. That's another one of my rules is if I do straight up like copy something, cause there are times when it, it, it's, you know, appropriate, I guess. Actually, another Instagram user, shout out to Jen M. Choi. She recently posted an Instagram post all about boundaries and kind of laid out some guidelines for her boundaries on social media. And I am working on it. I'm actually going to be posting something similar. And I already have written into that post inspired by my friend Jen, like and tagging her because it's just the right thing to do. I think it was a really helpful kind of post and gave some good guidelines. And so I'm going to give her some cred. Do the same thing for YouTube videos. If there's like a tag video, um, if there's a, you know, a, a certain style of video and I've seen another creator do it first, I'm just going to give them a little shout out. It doesn't take away from you to give credit. And this is true for anything. If you get a business idea, if you get a, you know, content idea, whatever, again, it, we talked about this in the last episode, it's scarcity mindset. If you believe that giving credit is taking something away from you. I have an abundance mindset. I believe that there's enough room for all of us. I want people who follow me to go back and follow the people that I'm shouting out. That's not taking anything away from me. That's building up our communities together and we can like help each other grow as opposed to it being a combative thing. Why doesn't it work though real quick beyond just being rude is it's unoriginal. People follow you because you're you. People follow you for your unique ideas And there might be a million reasons why you follow me and you don't follow the next guy or vice versa. Maybe it's because I am from the Midwest. Maybe it's because I kind of talk in monotone and you like that. Um, Maybe that's why you don't like me and you prefer somebody who's way more animated. Maybe you like me because I don't swear that much. Maybe you don't like me because I don't swear and you prefer Gary V. You know, like that's fine. Me trying to emulate a Gary V or emulate somebody else is going to take away those unique quirks that somebody else loves about me and, and, and that makes me the perfect person for somebody else. So you really have to be yourself because social media is so freaking saturated, you guys. There There are so many people on it that we don't need a million clones of people. We do not need a million clones of people. What we need is as much unique ideas as we can find (laughs) through all the noise. And if you actually want to stand out and grow your following, you can't be like everybody else. All right. So those are my thoughts on some social media tactics that just don't work. I hope this was helpful. I hope this gave you some inspiration, maybe give you some ideas for things to do or some things to maybe stop doing too. That's okay. No judgment. Let me know if there's any others that you uh, would like to share. You can tag me on my Instagram at the Latasha James or on Twitter at the Latasha James. Let me know. I'd love to share some of your responses about, uh, yeah, some of the social media tactics you've seen that just don't work. And let me know about some of the ones that do work for you too. I'd love to love to hear about that and chat about that with you. So thanks so much for listening. And I will talk to you in the next episode. You guys, we're almost at a hundred episodes of the podcast. Ah, we're two, two away from a hundred. So as always, be sure to leave a review on iTunes and all that good stuff. And I'll, I'll talk to you next time.